Hello, my darling pop culture junkies. This is Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and I am your host, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. Hi, guys. So it's Thursday, and I don't have a guest this week, honestly, because I am going on vacation, which I have said last pod and in my newsletter. This is the first time I've taken two weeks off from writing and now podcasting. And I'm very excited to take a little break. So I will be listening to all the podcasts that you guys recommend to me all the time. And please keep sharing with me which pods you're listening to, which books you're reading, which shows you're watching, which movies you're obsessed with, because I am taking it all in and I read everything and listen to everything and watch everything. No joke. So... With that, I wanted to kick off this little speed version of my pod and just talk about a couple things that have happened and some things I wanted to bring to your attention. So with that, if you did read the newsletter this week, we talk about, if you guys remember, I went on a rant a couple weeks ago about the theme and this sort of trend of toxic masculinity that is coming out on socials. And one of the leaders of that was this guy named Andrew Tate. He's like an MMA fighter, kickboxer, became well known by being on the British version of Big Brother and being kicked off at that time because audio was uh, released of him theoretically, I guess, or allegedly uh, abusing a girlfriend, though she later did say that it wasn't real, blah, blah, blah. His videos were real. He was putting these horrible TikToks or Instagrams, Facebook videos out there um, and on YouTube channels about what women are and how they are much less than man. If a man wants to cheat on his woman, that's just exercise. If a woman even looks or speaks at another man, she's a whore and deserves to be beat. That's how it goes. Slap, slap, grab, choke, shut up, bitch, sex. Really good stuff. He has a rabid following, uh, which is, you know, in this moment in time when we already have a lot of aggression and divisiveness, it seems like not a good idea to have these sort of impressionable guys probably the people who also are obsessed with Tucker Carlson, um, getting all revved up by a moron named Andrew Tate. He's speaking reality. Why are you going to get mad? Because he's telling you to treat me like a king. I will say the news came out that one of the first times I've seen Meta make a really great decision recently, and that is the company behind Facebook and Instagram, they uh, deplatformed him, basically. They kicked Andrew Tate off of both Instagram and Facebook. I believe his Hustlers University can't survive, um, which was a Ponzi scheme, basically, you know, one of those, you know, pyramid schemes. But I got so many texts from people being like, oh, my God, look at you had a part of this. And I while I'd like to think so, we're still a growing little tiny revolution over here at Pop Culture Mondays and PCMOT. I will say I was definitely paying attention to what was happening. And it was a growing 
outcry of lots and lots of voices, lots of voices in socials, whether it was on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok or articles being written about it. But it was really the people. It was the creators themselves that are responsible, I believe, for calling attention to the powers that be at Meta and hopefully other companies to say, you know what, he is actually breaking all of our policies. This is this is not about free speech. This is about inciting violence, inciting rage, uh, hate speech, discrimination, all of that. So I am really, really glad to say that he is out. But I will say that the person that seemingly is responsible for this is a YouTube creator that is incredibly popular, um, started actually his popularity as a Vine star. And Vine was a, what my favorite social media platform, which um, was pre-TikTok. And his name is Daz, D-A-Z as in zebra, Daz Black, aka Daz Games. And Daz has an incredibly popular YouTube channel. And he is part of this genre of people, creators who do reaction videos. So we watch him watching something. We might not even see what he's watching. We just hear it. Um, and he'll put clips into a YouTube video, but we're watching him watching something. They are, this is a genre I'm really, I find fascinating and it, it it's not brand new. It's something that certainly came about in, in the YouTube era. I think gaming is really pre-indicator of a trend. And so gamers love watching gamers play or gamers love watching gamers watch gamers. It's like really meta in that way. And Daz is really one of the biggest ones with millions and millions of followers. And he did a reaction video to Andrew Tate's videos and audio of things that he's said and done. You can see without him even saying anything, his eyes and his interpretations of, of this abuse and this really ugly talk you see him react and it really was an instigator. And it was interesting because he put a teaser out on TikTok that it was coming on his YouTube channel. And all the comments are like, Andrew Tate about to be canceled, Tate about to be canceled. And sure enough, you know, obviously Meta hasn't credited him, but I would say all roads lead back to to him. And I think that's the power of voices. And we live in such an amazing moment in time where there is so much bad. I know that. And you can have the crazies have a platform, but but good people have platforms too. And good people are, are using those platforms for good causes and to highlight bad behavior and to hold people accountable. Without physically seeing the video, it's hard to judge just from audio how brutal Andrew is treating these women. This did not look like an environment where it felt safe. When you have to hide yourself in the toilet because you know what's coming, whether you think you're into it or not, this is not okay behavior. This is not the behavior of a G. This is not the behavior of a man. He's very, very apparent to me. He gets off on hurting women, making them feel vulnerable dominating them and letting them in their place. And that's really what's led Andrew to the top of the internet, where he's been searched more than people like Taylor Swift. But surprisingly, a lot of uh, men and women have agreed with a lot of his views. Now, I will say this, for the people saying that, oh, Andrew actually makes a lot of points I agree with, though. Oh, okay, wipe the slate clean. Let's just, let's forget about it all, shall we? 
because he said a few good things uh, and some things that I agree with. Do you know who else did that? Hitler. Hitler gave great advice to people in his lifetime. Killed millions of people, though. In life, you have to weigh up a person. Even the most evil, corrupt people have a good side. But you have to judge a person by their actions. Daz, I call him the hero of the week. Maybe of the month, maybe of the year. He is saving a lot of influential young males from having their brains clouded by terrible things. So that is the win for the week. And I'm really excited about that. Not to be repetitive, because if you listen to my last podcast with the one and only Kara Swisher, and if you haven't listened to last week's podcast, I urge you to, because it was a really interesting conversation. I'm, I'm still, how can I say, I listened back to the podcast and I was so annoyed. I'm still such an amateur in this. Like there were so many questions that I could have asked Kara. There were so many openings that she gave me that if I had been Kara Swisher, I would have jumped in on and asked her more, but it was still a fascinating conversation and hearing her tell her story a bit and the beginnings of Silicon Valley for her was just, it was incredible. But we also did talk about the crudite scandal and Dr. Oz, the ding dong, trying to be senator of Pennsylvania, a state he does not really live in, despite his best attempts in making us believe he does. But his crudite drama reminded me of this sort of like, theme around food fails. And I find food fails really funny. Like I love videos of interspecies of like monkeys and cats being best friends or like a chicken jumping on the back of a goat or a horse and a tiger becoming best friends. Like I love that. I will watch those videos all day long never going to stop watching them. And I also love food fail videos, food fail videos generally of people in political campaigns trying to look like one with the people. And I don't know how in 2022 this is still happening where people are thinking like, I'm just going to go to the bagel shop and I'm going to get a bagel and there are all these cameras here and I'm going to connect. And I've never understood it. But I also never understood if you're going to do that, Like I'm in the comms world. I would never send a client off to a deli and have them just go rogue. Like it would be, I would have all of the research. If they were going to a deli in Philly, I would know exactly what to order versus a deli in Pittsburgh versus a deli in New York City versus a deli in Brooklyn. Like this is not rocket science. It's been the history of time. And so you don't let your person, whether you're a a campaign advisor to Dr. Oz or to Cynthia Nixon, who ran for governor against Andrew Cuomo at one point, and she's an actress. I mean, she could act. So I wrote a lot about in the newsletter, my favorite food fails. And we can just hang on that one when Cynthia Nixon and this to me was probably the most offensive one because she lives in New York. She is from an iconic show about New York, Sex in the City. She is running for governor of New York. She went to a deli. She was ordering, I mean, all for a bagel with locks, schmear, capers, like the works, like that is chef's kit, solid order. She might have a lot of people unclear of what she's doing in upstate New York in the rural areas. I'll give you that. But still a bagel, lox, salmon, as they say, cream cheese, schmear, capers. That is a solid New York City order. But she did it by first ordering a cinnamon raisin bagel, 
which was, I'm sorry, if that didn't kill her sort of opportunity to be governor, I'm not sure what did. It was like she was running against Cuomo, who's quite popular at the time, has now since obviously been dethroned. But she just at every turn and nothing worse than ordering a cinnamon raisin bagel with salmon, cream cheese, capers like no, 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 my friends. That is a rookie error. It's not even a rookie error. That is that is like a crime worth being sort of convicted. Like you should go to trial over that. A cinnamon raisin bagel is meant to be toasted and you can put butter on it. That is really the extent of it. If you start adding salty things to a cinnamon raisin bagel, then you might be a sociopath. And I just want you to, to think about that the next time you grab an order. And then there was another one in my research of going through like, like historic food fails. John Kerry, when he was trying to be one with the people and he ordered a Philly cheesesteak in Philly, but he ordered it with Swiss cheese, which is like very elitist. You never get Swiss on a Philly cheesesteak. It's either provolone or like cheese whiz. Again, fucking so easy. You have a campaign manager. It is your one job. We know we're going to Philly. We're going to a restaurant. What is the local way to order it if I need to feel like cool or just ask them? You make it for me. Tell me what I should eat. It's so simple, guys. Like I am, I am here for hire. If you want to run a political campaign, I got you. And maybe the most famous, which is near and dear to my heart. And for, if you're under 40, you have no idea what I'm talking about, but Dan Quayle, who was our (laughs) remarkable vice president under George Bush, not George W. Bush, but George W.'s father, Dan Quayle, misspelled the word potato in a school. Like he went there to visit the kids and the kids were spelling potatoes um, or potato on the chalkboard. And he was like, no, no, you're missing an E, which I mean, it's still, this is like 30 years ago and it's still even more and still stands out as the best. I obviously find that very close to home because of my dog who is named Potato. And I honestly think about Dan Quayle more often than maybe anybody, because anytime I have to write Potato's name, I always remember how he put an E on it. So again, if you guys want to dig in deep, just Google food fails politicians. I mean, there are more than you can imagine and stemming back from the beginning of time. It's so good. It really is good. And then one other trend that popped up that I do think we need to pay attention to, and I think it would behoove all of us to sort of dig in a little, and that is AI. I think we started to see it pop up in socials a bit more when um, you had some creators who were using AI to turn them into celebrities. There's a famous uh, Tom Cruise guy on TikTok, though I haven't seen him in a while. I wonder if he's been shut down by the legals, but uh, it was able to turn people into well-known actors and whatnot. And pretty damn convincingly. I mean, some of them were, it was hard, hard, hard to say who was who. And that's scary. That's the future. But there's been this AI generator that a lot of the kids use, creators use. It's called Dall-E, D-A-L-L hyphen E. And it's a basically a content generator 
done via AI and you can just put names into it. So I would do that all the time with baby Yoda, like baby Yoda beach or baby Yoda beer. And the more you do it, the more it understands what you're sort of looking for. Um, it's never the same twice. It's all AI. You can put in something vague that it might not know or use real people or terms or things like baby Yoda. And you'll get this wild impressionist type of artwork. And it's pretty it's pretty spectacular. And this is just the early days. So someone, and I don't know if it's Dolly behind it. It's certainly Dolly-esque. Um, again, not Salvador Dolly, but Dolly, the AI creative engine. And it is now a trend on TikTok. It's a filter and, it, and people were taking it like, oh, they say if you type in how you die, it'll tell you what it is or it's, what was my past life or what is my birthday? Tell me it's not. It's just a generator of anything. It's the same idea as this Dolly search engine. And the idea, though, that's so interesting is I think this is where content creation is going. You now have artists. I mean, creators of all kinds have are creating content in so many different ways. Now, when you add AI to it, where you can create artwork, you can create all of these different things just by sort of typing in different terminology. And like, it's, it's so there's so many complexities to it. There's some beautiful things that come with it, but there's also a lot of like, imagine Picasso never paints anything. He just had the ideas of what he wanted to paint and put it in to an AI creative engine and let that create it. Is it still the artist's art? There's so many layers. I would imagine it's gotta be an, an ethics and AI course. Right now, if you're at Stanford or you're at any any university, I would definitely take an ethics and AI course. I, I find that fascinating. I want to do that at like UCLA Extension School or something. So check it out. It's really cool, terrifying, all of that. The last thing I want to talk about is a few things, but it's content, content, content. And something I did not write about, I'll write about it, I think, when I get back, is this book that I, I actually ended up listening to and it was read by the author. And the author is this young woman named Jeanette McCready, who I have to admit never I ever had I heard of because she's not in my demo. She was a child actress, actor. She starred on a show called iCarly and then a spinoff show that was sort of the launching uh, one of the launching vehicles, I guess, not really the launch vehicle of Ariana Grande. And Jeanette McCready was like a tween star. And she's written a book and it, the press was incredible. And I will tell you, the title definitely did catch my attention. And the title is, and it's a memoir, I'm Glad My Mom Died. And that is obviously a pretty profound title that is a shock value. And at first I was like, oh, that's just a gimmick to sell books, but it's actually an extraordinary book. And I am someone whose parents died and we have a tendency for those who pass away. We, we hero worship them. We put them into a category where they are, you know, more than divine. They are untouchable. And so it's really hard to sort of peel back those layers and say, well, maybe not everything was so perfect. Maybe there were some problems in my childhood. Maybe there were some traumatic moments that, you know, have shaped me as an adult. And I think anybody who has lost needs to sort of look at that. But her story is incredible. She tells it beautifully, poetically, 
there's humor to it. There's tragedy to it. She was in a very codependent relationship with her mother, a very toxic relationship. And she talks about her sort of getting into acting, which may not have been her, her first choice or second choice. Um, her, the responsibility she had for her family, for her mom, her mom's illness. She talks about eating disorders, addiction, her love life, her career. I mean, it's, it's, it is raw. It is beautiful. I wonder if how it would be to read it. I think hearing her speak, she has a very interesting, appealing way of telling her story without sounding like she's putting bells and whistles on it, if that makes sense. I found it to be extraordinary. I really did. And I don't say that um, a lot. I think I, I obviously found Krista Bilton's book, Normal Family, extraordinary. There is a trend here. These are memoirs written by young women um, and a very, you know, uh, interesting relationship with their mothers and family dynamics. I obviously have a genre I am finding myself in, but if you can pick up a copy of Jeanette McCready's I'm Glad My Mom Died or download it on Audible, um, it's, it's great. It's really... I can't say enough about it. And it's a tween star talking about shows and Nickelodeon and being sort of um, abused emotionally and so forth by adults in the entertainment business. There's so many layers to it. It's a really quick read. I'd give it a go. And my new favorite show, which I did write about, uh, and I can't wait for more episodes, is Bad Sisters. Again, anyone who knows me, I love all things England. I love all things Ireland. Some of my favorite Women in the world are my Irish female friends. They are incredible. I am talking to Susan, Olivia, Jordan, all of you guys. You guys are iconic. Molly, there are just so many of them. I could just sit here all day and just throw out names. And the women in this show are all incredible talents, including the beautiful and ultra-talented Eve Hewson, who is my friend Jordan's sister. And this show is just, I don't know. I love it. I love when women come together. That's vengeful. It's sisters. There's Irish humor. There's lots of things that if you ever go to Ireland, you can be familiar with like the 40 foot and swimming in the Irish sea on Christmas. It's such a good show. It's on Apple TV plus. I am excited for where it's going, but it's like, it's a definite like mystery. Like there's lots of twists and turns and um, those bitches are bad and I love them. And then lastly, I was definitely influenced by the marketing of HBO Max's new prequel to Game of Thrones, which was the House of Dragons. Listen, I'm going to tell you, I really, and I'm saying this, I really think that the new leadership, the the new merger of Warner Brothers and Discovery, that's Warner Discovery, is stupid. I've said this. I think it is so appalling that you have old white men, some of whom I know, come in and take over leadership of a company, merge them, and company that has been so focused on diversity and so focused on the next generation as well as as content from a, like all different areas and looking at its audience and having its board look like its audience, all of a sudden get rid of that and have an all- white male board of directors. They also just announced a movie that they're greenlit. This is after they killed Batgirl uh, that was already made, 
but they greenlit a movie that is being written, produced and directed by old white men. And when I say old white men, I mean 89 years old, 90 and 91. So Godspeed. But I'd like to think that House of Dragon was greenlit and made before this leadership came over. They're just doing the marketing of it. And I love the show. I really didn't think I was going to love it. It's cheesy in some ways, but it's, I love a prequel. It's the story of sort of what happened, how we got to where we got to in Game of Thrones. There are a lot more dragons. Matt, I forget his name. Who's the guy? Wasn't he in Doctor Who? He also played Prince Philip in The Crown. He's now playing like a Mad King kind of guy. The the blonde guy, Daenerys is like brother, but from 172 years before that. So great, 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 great uncle. Seeing him with long white blonde hair having crazy orgies <laughs> was a lot for me. I kept thinking Prince Philip was having orgies with a blonde wig. But it's really, it's sexy. It's gorgeous. It's really gory. It's really violent. But there's a lot of really great female characters in this. I I just love it. There's jousting, there's banging, there's blood, there's gore, and they're dragons. So like, what is wrong with that? So I am just going to give it a win as a pre-Warner Discovery show that they are now benefiting from. I insist you guys watch it. I really do. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. So I can't wait. I have so much content loaded up on my iPad for my trip. I hope I actually enjoy my holiday and not just watch content, but I will report back to you. So that is it. I'm going to end with a make out Mary and mute And then my darling angels, I will see you on the other side. But before so, let's see, I would definitely make out with Daz, the hero from who saved us all from Andrew Tate. I would like to just sit and like canoodle with him. He's just so he's got kind eyes. He's very nice. And I think he saved a lot of people, a lot of uh, heartache. So I'd make out with him. I don't really like have a crush on him, but I just feel like, you know, a little canoodle. It's so great. I would marry, I would marry the entire cast, all of the Irish sisters in bad sisters, the, all of them. I just want to hang out in a house on the Irish sea and drink hot toddies with them and go swimming at the 40 foot. That's what I want. I want to marry all of them. And I would mute. Oh man. Um, I, I mean, I would say Andrew Tate, but he's been muted. So I'm pretty psyched about that. I would mute all of the destructive voices that are popping up. The, the crazy politicians we are having that that are just unhinged, Marjorie Taylor Greene, unhinged, um, who also had a food fail, by the way, when she kept calling the Gestapo gazpacho, which is, come on, maybe iconic. And I will mute anything that makes me feel guilty about going offline for the next week or so. So with that, I think my next podcast David, am I right? The next one is going to be actually recorded live at the Future Proof Conference. And I think we're doing that. Uh, David probably does not know all of that. So I guess I have to tell him. And we're going to be doing that from Huntington Beach. It's going to be really fun. More on that in my newsletter. But it's Future Proof. It's Josh Brown's amazing financial festival, looking at the future of technology, the future of finance, the future of wealth. And um, very, very, very interesting in this moment in time. So my little darling 
pop culture fanatics, I I shall miss you. You can find me on the socials on Twitter or Instagram if you need me and send me content ideas or any tips however you want. And I will see you soon. Pop culture.